Welcome to It's Still Bedlam, the inaugural OU OSU Big 12 basketball podcast. I'm Ryan Aber, joined by John Helsley, our Oklahoma State writer. John, how you doing this morning? I am doing well, Ryan. <laughs> how about yourself? Uh, I'm doing all right. Uh, it's uh, uh, a better day for me than it was yesterday. Uh, we're speaking on uh, Wednesday morning after uh, a crazy day on the OU beat between uh, late Monday night, Oklahoma's big win at Texas. Uh, I We made a decision, the, the beat writers, myself, Garen Emig from the Tulsa World, John Shen from the Norman Transcript, to drive back immediately after that game to get back in time for the 11 a.m. press conference yesterday announcing all kinds of football changes and, and a staff shakeup. So uh, yesterday was a long day without uh, nearly as much sleep as I would have liked, but uh, much better now. Are you a coffee drinker, and how much coffee did you drink if you are? Uh, I have not had any caffeine for more than two years. That was severely tested yesterday uh, as I love coffee, and I do drink decaf sometimes, but uh, I really needed the full-powered stuff yesterday, and Held out and didn't uh, didn't slip, so I'm pretty proud of myself on that. But uh, I, I could have used some. Props uh, to you for hanging in there, <laughs> and you look fairly rested. So hopefully you got a good night's sleep last night. I did. I was uh, actually in bed asleep, and then found out oh you got another commit, so I had to wake up and retool a little bit of things. But uh, was still able to get a full night's sleep, and I'm fired up and ready to go for this one. Outstanding. Well, let's do it then. Absolutely. Well, we got to start with uh, the most recent game, which was last night. Oklahoma State on the road in Ames, Iowa. Uh, a game that uh, you watched from the comforts of your home, I assume. Uh, just a, a really good game from, from start to finish. was able to watch uh, most of at least the second half, but uh, Iowa State came out with a 63-61 win. Uh, what was your overall take uh, about how Oklahoma State looked last night? You know, I thought they they did a great job of sort of hanging in there. I know that that was uh, that was sort of their plan going in. They didn't want to let Iowa State run and gun as as they love to do, and they're very good at it. And they pretty much w- were able to accomplish that. They had a rough stretch early in the second half where it looked like Iowa State might actually run away from them a little bit, got behind by eleven points. But they used their defense and, and a couple of big shots from uh, from Forte, Phil Forte, and Tavarius Shine, who's becoming a nice story for them as a true freshman, uh, and got back in it, took the lead at one point, and uh, you know had a couple of shots late to uh, to maybe tie it or or win the game. Got both those shots blocked, but I thought they showed a lot of toughness. I thought it was going to be a tough game for them. Um, Hilton's a, is is a crazy place to play. Uh, great, great fans there, and great, great atmosphere. And um, I think if you're an OSU fan, obviously you're disappointed with the loss, especially when you, when they uh, when they had some opportunities late. But I think you come away from there probably feeling a little bit better about this team, uh, maybe about the development of Shine. You know, Travis Ford's been looking for someone to to kind of jump up and and command some minutes, and I think he's he's sort of doing that. And um, you know. I just think things maybe feel a little bit better and look a little bit better for the Cowboys right now. Yeah, definitely. I think after that that uh, South Carolina loss, people were wondering, oh, is this whole thing going to fall apart on them? But for one, it turns out South Carolina is a, a pretty solid team, uh, a team that beat Iowa State uh, in Brooklyn uh, earlier this week. But uh, you mentioned Tavares Shine, and we heard a lot about 
uh, a lot of players for Oklahoma State, uh, some of the newcomers, especially Anthony Hickey, but didn't hear a lot about Shine, but uh, turns out he can play a little bit. He can play, and, and you're right. He was sort of the, the uh, off-the-radar guy, a late addition to the, to the class when they had some guys fall out. Um, you know, not a lot of even hype about him before the season, but he plays hard. He obviously has some skills. It's two games in a row now. He's hit a couple of three-pointers. Uh, eight points uh, in the win over K-State, eight points uh, against Iowa State. So I think this guy's got some upside. And, you know, just kind of being on Twitter with a lot of OSU fans last night, I think they like his style. They, they, some people say he's kind of an Eddie Sutton style of player. I see that a little bit. I think he's a guy that maybe is going to help him and help him this year. And uh, Oklahoma State, uh, tell us what they've got uh, over the next week or so. Yeah, it's brutal. You know, I, I wrote about this sort of as the Iowa State advance um, a stretch of four games against ranked teams, three of those games on the road. Of course, the first one at Iowa State. They come home to play Texas, and you can fill us in a little bit on, <laughs> on your take on the Longhorns here in a minute. But um, go to Kansas on Tuesday, next Tuesday. We know what that's like. We know what Allen Fieldhouse is like. And then the first Bedlam game. So uh, next week's uh, podcast will be uh, pretty serious. <laughs> yeah, absolutely it will be. And, and you talked about Texas a little bit and uh, my impressions of them. And uh, for one, I didn't see that coming at, at all. Um, I thought Oklahoma had a chance to win a tight game on the road because they do a lot of things that uh, could give Texas fits in the right situation. But you look at all the size that Texas has with uh, you know Prince Ebay in the interior. We know he's not a big offensive guy, but uh, plays pretty solid defense. Uh, Miles Turner, uh, who's you know this year's Andrew Wiggins probably in the league. I don't think he's quite as highly thought of as that, but you know not too far off of it either. And then Jonathan Holmes, who uh, has just been fantastic at times for the Longhorns. I thought that was going to be a huge matchup issue for the Sooners, and it turned out that it was uh, a huge matchup issue in the game. It just wasn't the way I thought it would be because Oklahoma completely dominated on the inside with Ryan Spangler, especially defensively, and Tayshon Thomas, especially offensively. Had to help, too, that you're talking about, you know, obviously Holmes has been around, but the other guys are, are, are fairly new. Um, Spangler will mix it up. I mean, he's not afraid of any situation. Obviously, Thomas is a veteran guy. I think that probably helped, don't you think, in, in that matchup that you had a couple of tough, you know, experienced guys that weren't going to back down? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a, a lineup that I imagine there's going to be teams that are going to back down to them at some point this year. But uh, Ryan Spangler, like you said, he's a physical guy. He uh, doesn't have a problem if the game turns that way. Uh, Texas can be a pretty physical team on the interior. They were able to do some things in the post that uh, really messed up Texas on the offensive end. And then Texas started settling uh, for outside shots and weren't hitting them. And Oklahoma even though they came into Big 12 play as the, the worst rebounding margin team in the league. They were still in the positive, but uh, they have taken it to the top two rebounding margin teams of the league uh, the last two games in Baylor and Texas, which is just uh, really surprising to me, the way that they've dominated, not that they have dominated. So did you come away from that game changing your opinion about Texas at all, or do you think it was sort of just one of those nights a little bit as well, or, or what do you think about those guys? Yeah, I, I think I changed my opinion a little bit on Texas uh, because it's going to be hard for me to imagine them to go to a place like Allen Fieldhouse or, or Hilton 
and it just really dominate and control the game with those guys because if they can't handle it uh, in that kind of environment where it's you know completely uh, a Texas crowd or more than 11,000 people there, one of the biggest crowds that talking to some of the beat guys who've been around there for a while, uh, you know maybe even since the Kevin Durant days or even before that, that they've seen down there for an OU Texas game. And OU Texas generally gets pretty, people pretty hyped up down there. So uh, if they can't control that environment, then it's going to be tough to to control the the really boisterous ones in the league. And it'll be interesting to me to see uh, that Oklahoma State matchup, uh, especially Michael Cobbins down there. You know he's he's got a reputation that uh, where he's got a chance to even outdo what Spangler did now. Tayshawn Thomas, you know, I don't know that uh, OSU has that one-two punch down there that can hang with those guys, but it could be interesting for a while at least. Yeah, and you know, Cobbins doesn't have the offensive game that Spangler and, and, and Thomas has. He's he's good, good, obviously defender. It'll be very important for him not to get in foul trouble. Be interesting to see if we see more of Anthony Allen, the seven-foot JUCO guy. There have been games where he's played more and played well. There have been games where they barely use him. And you would think they would need him in this game. Mitch Solomon, a freshman, has been getting some play. Um, he's tough. He's, he's willing to scrap a little bit. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's a different matchup for OSU because they're not, not near as good inside as, as OU. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see really kind of how that shakes out. Yeah, although you mentioned guys coming off the bench, and in uh, Monday night's game, I really thought that Kadeem Latin and DJ Bennett would have to play a critical role. Uh, one, because I wondered about Spangler and Thomas getting into foul trouble, especially Spangler uh, down there. That really never materialized. I mean, uh, Spangler and Thomas, zero personal fouls for both of them, which is just unbelievable to me uh, that – not only would that happen on OU side, but the Texas would allow that to happen with the way that they uh, played their game. Spangler usually picks up a foul like walking in the door, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, that, it's, it's an amazing stat. Yeah, it's just mind-boggling to me to, to look at that. And yeah, Kadeem Latin did get some fouls down there, but only had to play 13 minutes. DJ Bennett uh, didn't get off the bench until the final minute of the game. Uh, they really like what Kadeem Latin is doing for them. Uh, coming off the bench, and and that was really encouraging to see, for OU to see their bench play uh, with Latin. Uh, he's not going to be a big offensive guy this year, at least, but uh, can make can change the way things go on the interior. Can spell uh, Spangler and Thomas when they need it. And uh, luckily for OU, they didn't need it much. But also, Denzel Walker has been a real big uh, addition off this bench, and his role has really changed. Over the last uh, probably five games since they he was brought in to be the backup point guard to Jordan Woodard. Woodard had been fantastic during his freshman year. He's back to being fantastic this year after a, a rough start. But uh, they figured out pretty quickly that Denzel Walker uh, wasn't equipped right now to, to handle the point at uh, this level. So Isaiah Cousins has been, and uh, Cousins really struggled his freshman year when he was asked to run the point quite a bit. Uh, had some up and down times last year when he had to run the point coming off the bench, when uh, especially when Jalon Hornbeek was hurt. But uh, he's been fantastic in that role uh, to this point this year. I mean, he had uh, just one assist and a couple turnovers the other night, but his offensive game has really taken a huge step forward. You know, I say this about a lot of sports, and, and we see it especially in basketball where, where the really good players come and go so quickly. But 
experience is so, you know, invaluable. And you, so you're talking about a guy here in Cousins who, you know, has kind of had his up and downs for a couple of years and really seems to be figuring out, well, he's a junior now. <laughs> you know, guys that stick around, they get better and, and you have to wait sometimes and allow for it and be patient to wait for it. And I think a lot of fans and even sometimes us in the media, we, we, we're not patient. We just don't let things play out, you know. <laughs> Yeah, and especially in college basketball where you don't see veteran-laden teams uh, much at the upper echelon. Now, uh, we'll see just how high OU ceiling is, but I mean, you talk about Ryan Spangler. He's a junior. He's been around for a while, uh, fourth-year junior because he had to, to sit out after transferring from Gonzaga. You've got Tayshawn Thomas, who's a fourth-year senior, after uh, starting every game during his career at Houston for the first three years. Now he's uh, right in the middle of OU starting lineup. Uh Jordan Woodard, the least experienced of OU starters, has started uh, every game for the last uh, now season and a half for OU uh, since he came in as a freshman. And then Isaiah Cousins and Buddy Heald, who have just really blossomed over the last couple years. We saw, I think Buddy Heald hasn't taken the step forward quite like Isaiah has, but maybe his, his ceiling wasn't... Uh, uh, you know, his where he was going into the season, there wasn't as much room to grow for him. Yeah, and you know, you talk about the upper echelon teams, but we also always in March we see a few teams here or there. Butler it comes to mind. Um, you know, every once in a while you see whoever it is, George Mason or somebody that jumps up there and makes a long run, and you analyze their roster, and they got a bunch of older guys, a bunch of seniors, a bunch of veterans. They may not have superstars, but they know how to play together, and, and they've been around the game long enough that uh, that they can get it done. Yeah, definitely. And this OU team has a feel that's similar to some of those teams. And it's sort of weird because they're not a mid-major team. But just the way that Lon Kruger is, has filled his program and the, the way that he leads his program sort of gives them that kind of feel of a team that uh, could, if everything comes together, we know all know March is so much about matchups. But uh, if things fall right, this team could make a deep run. They have a very good lineup. Obviously, they have a good lineup that they can play in the Big 12. And the things you talked about earlier are so important that they're starting to get some guys off the bench to help. Uh, yeah, they're looking like a, a team that can that can really challenge in the league. And, uh, you know, we've talked about Kansas and, and uh, Texas. We talked about them for a while, Iowa State. The Sooners got to be right in there. Definitely. And for, for Oklahoma, I think things really take a big step forward on Tuesday night when they go to Morgantown to face West Virginia, uh, probably the best player in the league in Jawan Staten, uh, who's just been fantastic. But uh, the Mountaineers are starting to look like a team that uh, could contend for this to conference as well. Yeah, no doubt. And you know, it's, it's taken a little while for Huggins to kind of get the, the sort of roster and, and, and team that he likes. Um, you know they've had the, they've had a lot of guys in and out of the door up there, but this is starting to really look like one of his you know classic teams. And you're right, you know, Juwan Staten really, uh, you know, <laughs> he, you got a difference maker there that a lot of teams don't have. Yeah, absolutely. How do you what do you see uh, from this league so far out of uh, the first two games for for most teams? There's some teams that uh, just had one Iowa State. Uh, I guess Kansas hadn't played any right yet, right? right? They they play tonight. So uh, what do you make of this league uh, so far to this point? Yeah, I think top to bottom it's as good as it's been in a long time, you know, and um, remains to be seen how if the number one teams as good as some of the number ones have been over the years. But you look at what TCU did in the non-conference, um, you know, Texas Tech has won some games in the non-conference. I just think 
there's not going to be any easy road games, especially this year. You know, you go to TCU, even though they're playing in a high school gym somewhere in Fort Worth, <laughs> uh, you better be ready to get after it. Absolutely, and I, I've always thought that Trent Johnson is a heck of a coach, and uh, they had some issues last year with keeping guys healthy, keeping enough guys healthy even to, to get them out on the floor. I mean, it, they were in some pretty dire straits at one point, uh, but now Amrick Fields is back healthy. They've got a lot of those guys. They've recruited pretty well. Chauncey Collins, a, a guy from Oklahoma, is uh, getting some playing time for them. So uh, I, I really like what Trent Johnson's team's doing now. I don't know if they're an NCAA tournament team uh, to this point, but uh, I think they needed a non-conference uh, schedule like that, and they, they took advantage of it, no doubt about that. Absolutely. And, you know, the last couple of years, as, as we would analyze maybe OSU and, and OU's schedule and trying to figure out their path to the NCAA tournament, you'd sit down in the Big 12 and you'd say, okay, you need to sweep TCU, you need to sweep Texas Tech, you know, <laughs> split with this team or that team. And uh, it's not a, so much of a given anymore. You know, if you, when you go to, to, to Lubbock and you go to TCU, you probably still think you can win that game, uh, but you're going to have to be ready to go out and do it. You can't just kind of sleepwalk and, and, uh, and find yourself in trouble, perhaps. Right now, how many uh, teams from the Big 12 do you think make the NCAA tournament? Number one RPI conference, and I, I don't think that's going to change. Um, I think seven teams get in. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I mean, I, I think that there's seven teams in this this league that are going to get in. You know, who that seventh team is is going to be uh, a little bit in question going toward the end. But uh, I, I think a team's probably going to get in with uh, with an 8-10 and 10 record yeah, in I, uh, the league. And and they should absolutely get in because this, this league, like you said, it might not have the, the team at the top, the, you know, Kansases that we've seen dominate, you know, OU and they had Blake Griffin, Oklahoma State. Uh, has done it uh, quite a bit too, but uh, from top to bottom, just a, as much of a grind as any conference in the league, absolutely in the, in the nation. Yeah, it is, and um, you know, it, a lot of times that gets thrown out there about different conferences, or whatever. But just look at what they've done. Look at their head to head with the other power conferences in the non conference. Uh, they, they've pretty much gone out and proven it. Absolutely, and uh, looking ahead a little bit. Uh, Bedlam, and we'll spend a whole lot of time next week uh, talking about Bedlam basketball and the, the number one, the first uh, edition of, of that rivalry for this year. But it's never too early to start talking about Bedlam a little bit. From from your perspective as a guy who's watched Oklahoma State play all year, uh, how do you think that uh, these teams match up? It's an interesting matchup because I think, obviously, uh, I think OU's a, the better overall team. I do. But with OSU, you've got a couple of guys in Forte and Nash who right now lead the, the Big 12 in scoring that can kind of sort of elevate the entire team. They can score. Um, uh, Nash can be a difficult matchup at times when he brings his A game, brings his A game for 40 minutes, which at times is an issue. Uh, but uh, that's their hope, I think, is that those guys have to play really well and then you get somebody else to jump up maybe and have a nice game. Anthony Hickey's been able to do that at times. He's been a great player at the point for them, a great addition, I should say. Uh, maybe it's Tavares Shine. Maybe it's Cobbins having a nice game. Um, you know, I think the matchup favors OU, definitely favors them. And Norman, it's been forever since OSU's <laughs> won down there. You know, as I, as I did some prep work for, for talking about the stretch that OSU's in right now. Um, so they're going to have their hands full going to Norman. Yeah, I, 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 it'll be interesting to me to see the defensive matchup with uh, LeBron Nash, and uh, you would think Isaiah Cousins uh, would get some time on him. 
Uh, OU rotates like crazy, uh, especially on the perimeter. Uh, I really enjoyed watching what Oklahoma's done on defense this year because they were not good at all on defense a year ago, which was really head-scratching for a long Kruger team. Finally figured it out a little bit toward the end, got got better. But uh, this year they started off better than they were at the end of last year. Uh, and, and Cousins has been fantastic uh, really the whole way, but he was the only one at times playing defense last year outside of Ryan Spangler on the interior. But now they've got uh, Buddy Heald's playing solid defense. I think they, they still need him to take a little bit of a step forward. Jordan Woodard's playing really good defense. And uh, Tayshawn Thomas has taken a big step on that end as well. Yeah, and you know, remember Forte had a, had a good shooting day down <laughs> yeah. there last year. And, you know, the, the fun thing that, that about watching him now uh, for three years is how much better he gets every year. And, you know, He's a kid who's always in the gym. He's calling managers at all times of the you know the night and day and saying, "Hey, come meet me in the gym. I'm going to shoot." And they rebound for him and do stuff like that. Uh, but he's really expanded his game. Yeah, you know, we saw it last night. He went to the hole hard several times. Yeah, got the, some layups. The, the layup he had in the was it the final minute that uh, I believe tied it. Mm-hmm. Uh, was something that I don't think we saw much of last year. No, he used to try to do some of that, but he'd either <laughs> get in there and lose the ball or, or get a bad angle at the basket and didn't finish. He's really become much better at finishing at the rim. Um, he's added a little, little step-back shot. You know, he, he really is a kid who works hard on his game and trying to get better. He has to. You know, he'll tell you I'm not the most physically <laughs> talented guy, but he there's not going to be a lot of people who outwork him. And there's a lot of question on that going into this year because for the first time in forever, uh, he was out there playing without Marcus Smart, uh, sort of been his security blanket throughout his career. Now without that, how's his game going to develop? Is he going to take a step forward? Is he going to keep working hard? And uh, that's been answered to this point. Yeah, give that kid credit because you're right. He's worked. He's developed his game. He's got three 20-plus games in a row now for for uh, OSU. Uh at Mizzou, he was huge uh, in the second half up there. He was sick, and he played through that and, and really helped him, carried him to the win up there. You know, had a big game against K-State and was good again last night. So Big 12 Player of the Week this week, you know? <laughs> yeah, and it was a uh, Bedlam sweep this week with uh, Phil Forte, Big 12 Player of the Week, Tayshawn Thomas, the newcomer of the week after his monster game uh, against Baylor on Saturday. Uh, he's just been... Uh, fantastic of late. Took him a long time. I, I don't know if I'd say a long time. Took him a little bit uh, to find his place on this team. And Denzel Walker's had uh, some of the same kinds of growing pains as you, uh, especially veteran guys who get dropped into a team. I wonder if Hickey's the same way where they don't know. Sometimes they're afraid to take over a game. And these are guys that can take over, especially on offense. Uh, but Tayshawn Thomas had to figure that out, especially after figuring out that he was going to be eligible the night before they opened. But uh, he's just been phenomenal uh, of late and a whole lot better, I think, rebounding and playing defense than uh, we thought from watching him the first month of the season. I bet there'll be a, some real uh, mixed feelings at the Bedlam game for Jim Dickey, you know, who's an assistant <laughs> at OSU now and who obviously had uh, had Tayshawn at Houston. So, I know he really liked that kid and uh, would have loved to have gotten him to Stillwater somehow. That didn't work <laughs> out, but I'm sure he'll watch that with some mixed feelings because I know he really loves that kid, and yet, you know, that kid will be out trying to stick a knife in their back. Yeah, and I know Tayshawn Thomas thinks a lot of, of James Dickey and obviously played uh, fantastically for him for three years. 
that's the reason he left. Didn't want to play for anybody else at Houston. Uh, you know, he waited until Kelvin was hired and uh, never felt that was the right fit for him. And uh, he was a guy who was uh, didn't know about what it would be like to play in Norman for him because he grew up a Texas fan uh, on some level. Uh, sort of moved away from that in high school a little bit, but uh, you know, just the thought of playing for OU was a little bit foreign for him. But uh, when Lou Hill called, that was something that he he felt like he fit into their system. He was exactly what OU needed after they lost Cam Clark last year, and with what they were bringing back, the other four starters. Uh, so uh, Tayshawn Thomas has has really given this team a boost from where they would have been had he not been ruled eligible. Yeah. You know, he's a swing player in this deal in that, you know, I think initially uh, OSU might have thought, hey, we got a chance to get this kid, you know. Um, <laughs> Kelvin didn't want to didn't want to release him to OSU because there was a chance, I guess, in their in their agreement, if there was a team that they might run into in a tournament or something, that happened to fit the bill. So I don't know if he was ever going to go to OSU or not. But, you know, if you put him in OSU's lineup, they're really good too. You, yeah. You know, uh, I think you would look at them as a definite NCAA tournament team because that's an element that they're really missing is is an inside scorer and uh, and a guy that can get in there and get rebounds and do all of that. So sort of the swing player in this game. Yeah, I, and that's something that I'm sure we'll explore uh, next week, both on the podcast and and in the Oklahoman. But it'll be a be a fun one. But still, business to take care of this week for both these teams. Oklahoma State plays uh, uh, host Texas at. Uh, Four o'clock on Saturday at Gallagher Iba should be a fantastic game. I, I really look forward to to seeing that. And Oklahoma uh, host Kansas State, a team we haven't the probably the only team in the Big Twelve I think we haven't mentioned uh, to this point in the podcast. Uh, Kansas State has really really struggled. Weird things going on there. You know, I, I ran into uh, some people in uh, at Kansas City when OSU played Missouri at the Sprint Center that. Uh, familiar and they they say there's some things going on there and it's obvious because Marcus Foster who was so good for them last year didn't start against OSU didn't score um obviously some things going on there with him and coach Weber Thomas Gibson you know their big man veteran big man who's a really good player he's been benched at times so they've got some things they're trying to sort out and right now it's not working out very well for them yeah I, I've got to think they're going to turn it around at some point I know uh Bruce Weber uh, I don't know that he hangs with the, the top part of this league as far as coaches. Of course, this league is incredibly deep uh, in that realm. But uh, you've got to think with guys like Foster and Gibson and all those that talent that they've got, they're going to figure it out at some point. So on paper, you would think o- OU would be able to win Saturday night uh, 6 o'clock at Lloyd Noble Center and be okay. But uh, the the talent that K State has, I mean, they've got talent that can hang with the the top of this league. They do. They've got players. There's no doubt about it. And they're, they're going to have to get some things figured out. Um, it was really alarming, I thought, uh, w- when they were in Stillwater uh, last week. That just how much Marcus Foster almost didn't even feel like part of the program. You yeah, know? when he was the team for stretches yeah. of last year, I mean, he that's was all so you good. Heard about yeah, he was so good, and you were like, "Oh man, this kid, where did he come from, and, uh, and what's his impact going to be the next couple of years in the league?" And and they're going to have to figure things out. Yeah, and they they better figure it out quick in this league because uh, if you get too much in a hole, uh, you can drown really fast. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. Well, that's uh, that's all for the inaugural edition of uh, It's Still Bedlam, the OU and OSU basketball podcast. We'll have to mix that up a little bit. I don't think we can say OU and OSU every time. we got to say OSU and OU sometimes just to, to make it equitable. What do you think? Yeah, I think that'd be smart because you know what? We'll hear about it if we don't. Yeah, exactly. No no doubt about that. But, uh, John, it was fun. We'll look forward to, to doing it again next week. Until then, you can check us out every day at newsok.com and every morning in the Oklahoma for the best OU and OSU coverage anywhere.